Chapter 17 I think I'm in love. Between the undeniable power and the absolute beauty, how could someone not fall in love? I run my fingers along every inch within my reach. Some parts give under my touch. Other areas are sleek and firm. A work of art. Dean grins. You all right over there, Winner? She's pretty. He smiles in pride. Yeah, she is. Dependable, too. Really? From what I've heard, they can be pretty temperamental. Not that great on long road trips like you seem to be so fond of taking. Well, I must have gotten the best of the bunch. Because every time I've needed her, she always comes through. Dean strokes the dashboard of his Impala. Isn't that right, baby? It's my first ride in Dean's car. He's talked me into leaving the Jeep at my house after we spent a couple of hours distracting ourselves with each other. We were successful in not popping his stitches, by the way. It took restraint and control. So much restraint. I had to be mindful of my hand placement, avoiding tender bruises and delicate bindings. His aches and pains forced him to scale back his enthusiasm as well. But that became part of the fun. Connecting. Listening. Feeling. Slow. So slow. That's how he'd started. He was insistent, sliding, riding an invisible wave. Over and over. I fixated on the cords of his arm that flexed and strained with a firm grasp of the headboard. An arm that could have been the model of perfection for a Bernini sculpture. The fingers of his other hand clutched into the pillowy curve of my ass cheek, lifting me up to meet the tide of his lovemaking. God, wax poetic much? What can I say? Having Dean Winchester in your bed, deep inside you, cajoling you to come for him while his stare melts you, makes a gal gain a whole new perspective on sex. Now, I feel like I should be kneeling in reverent prayer at the diorama to my left. The sun is low in the sky. Soft rays of light flash between green canopies of evergreens he's zooming past. It all blends together, and every so often a halo surrounds his seated frame. He looks relaxed. I'm guessing I look the same. Sated. Calm. Glowing. The way one appears after the kind of release we shared. I think there was a lot of other emotions spurring Dean toward his climax. I want to ask him. Instead, I focus on the fingers of his right hand, dangling from the base of Baby's steering wheel. I wonder if he's driving his car with mind control. I wouldn't be surprised in the least if that was true. What's up, Winner? Hmm? You look like you want to ask me something. I bite. Is almost dying something that occurs often? His eyes narrow. Part of the job. That must be intense. Being in that level of danger all the time. He shrugs his silent response. Clench of his jaw and focus on the road hints I might want to end it there. But I don't. Do you need it? That intensity? Seems like the job in your circle of friends, family, not room for much else. I mean, it's a lot, at least from the outside looking in. I adjust my glasses. Maybe. Hard to say. I've been brought up in it, lived it for so long. Can't say I have much to compare it to. I had something close to a normal once. I felt the pullback then. Ended up in it again.
I nod. Rick needed it. I surprise myself at the admission. That makes his head tilt in my direction. He could have gone up the ranks in his company a couple of times. I let the words, before he died, lock themselves away in my head. Some days I can voice them. But today, right now, there's a stabbing in my stomach that I feel will get worse if I do. He wanted to be on call for the emergencies, the rescues. He was never interested in becoming a lieutenant or captain. Did you want him to? All the time. I chuckle. But the light would have burned out in him. He'd come home after a save and talk to me about it over beers around the kitchen table or on our back porch. The days when things went wrong. I pick at a nail. Well, when he'd stay out late and I couldn't get a hold of him, I knew things hadn't gone the way he hoped. Fingers I suddenly don't seem to know what to do with tug at hair and pull strands behind an ear. It didn't happen often, but he always took on more blame than he should have. My laugh sounds nervous, hollow. Sorry, not like you want to hear any of this. He catches the hand I wave about in midair. He rests it between us on the bench seat, holds it steady and tight. I want to hear whatever it is you want to tell me. Rick and I would have been good drinking buddies. Lots to celebrate or beat ourselves up over, depending on a coin toss. My phone buzzes in my purse. Better get that. Dean, let's go. Might be Ricky. Better be Ricky. He's already an hour late checking in. I frown at the caller ID, but not because of who it is because of who it isn't. It's Sam. Dean nods. Uh, I may have turned my phone off when we were, uh, getting ready to. He tilts his head. I laugh and pick up the call. Hi, Sam. Hey, Winner. Guessing Dean is with you? Sam's voice is louder than usual and laced with irritation. It doesn't feel like it's directed at me. I think he expected me to put the phone on speaker. Brothers. He is. Would you like to talk to him? Nope. Sam calms the sass but still projects the one word loud enough for Dean to hear it. Dean chuckles and taps the steering wheel. Sam continues. I checked out Laura Sullivan's body again. Thank Dean for bailing on helping with that. Nothing weird or abnormal, well, aside from the retractable vamp teeth. I'm still working on the phone. Maybe I'll get something out of it in a couple of hours. Sorry for the delay. I offer. My son decided to make a surprise visit, had to play off that things were fine and feed him. Oh, he's in Smith Center? Sent him back to Lawrence, waiting on a call that he's arrived safely. Are you still at your house? On our way to the bunker. Think you could talk Dean into picking up a pizza? I don't think that would be a hard sell. How about picking up a pizza in Stockton? Stockton? I scrunch my lids. Dean sighs. What's he going on about? My fingers tap the speakerphone button. What's up, Sam? Dean grumbles. The Italian restaurant I stopped at last night. I didn't get a lot of info out of the staff, not for lack of trying. One of the waitresses said a bartender would be working tonight. Knew the young woman that went missing pretty well? Sounded like he could provide more details. You know, to rule that out for certain. So you want Winter and me to give it a go? Bartender's name is Andy Miller. What was the woman's name again? 
Stacy Adler went missing right before the other bodies started to turn up like clockwork. Her body's never been found. Dean looks at me. I nod. He smiles. We could eat. Since we had to double back and pass through Smith Center on the way to some fact-finding and sustenance for Sam, Dean calls it a twofer, we stopped at my house. My nerves calm down when Ricky buzzes that he's gotten back to the university. He thanks me again for the leftovers. He's got a busy couple of days as an RA at his dorm and probably won't have time to cook. With the Jayhawks hosting the Mountaineers on Saturday, there are bonfires and parties galore. He has a feeling he'll be on call to take care of a lot of drama and disasters. I wish my boy luck. At the cottage pit stop, Dean wanted to change into his other fed suit. This one's dark gray. He wears it like a second skin. There's a perfect knot in the herringbone navy tie snug under a collar with the sharpest crease. The shiner around his eye is puffy, turning a mix of gold and purple. Damn. He is a beautiful human form. That sly smile curled up, unhurried, as he drove us to Stockton. He decided I didn't need to change, that I looked sweet and unassuming. We'd go in separate, like last night at the fitness center. God, was it really only last night? But this time, I'd go in first. I'd put in a to-go order for some food and case the joint while I waited. Dean would stroll in and shake down the bartender. The ruse starts out easy enough. When I step in to ask the hostess about takeout, she motions to the bar where I can place my order. It's trying so hard to feel like a Tuscan garden. I'm kind of embarrassed for the restaurant as a whole. Bon Pranzo, the eatery's name, has plastic grapevines wrapped around even faker-looking stucco pillars. Terracotta abounds, as do wicker-encased wine jugs olive oil and vinegar bottles. Pungent garlic mixes with the smell of sweet, mellow tomato sauce. Floor-to-ceiling murals, attempting to replicate the look of oil paintings, have a bounty of Italian cypress trees, stick-thin and pointy, lined along rolling green hills of vineyards. More landscape plastered on the wall behind a row of tables assaults my eyes as I trek to the bar. There are fields of lavender and rosemary, blue pools, fountain sculptures of cherubs, beautiful human forms cast in marble. There are only two other couples in the dining area, seated on opposite sides of the room. The bartender asks what he can get me, and I'm quickly given a menu to peruse. The bell above the entrance chimes, and I hear that deep baritone talk to the hostess. I decide on an extra-large veggie pizza, for Sam, with extra cheese, for Dean. I glance over my shoulder, Every idyllic and cheesy interpretation of Italy is on display, but it all pales in comparison alongside the idyllic beauty of Dean Winchester strutting in my direction. He sidled up to the bar, waiting patiently. I get a friendly, how do you do, nod from Dean when I'm done placing my order with the bartender. The elder brother looks like a businessman ready for a drink or two after a hard day. A quick unbutton of his jacket and he slips onto the stool not too far away. Shouldn't be more than 15 minutes. The bartender, who I know is Andy Miller, hands me my change. Can I get you a drink while you wait? His pencil-thin lips stretch into a long smile. Since that's not the plan, and the place is relatively empty, I tell the rather chipper bartender I'll head to the front and wait. Are you sure, miss? 
Dean inserted himself into the conversation. Well, that wasn't part of the plan. And what the hell is up with calling me Miss? Tells is one of those killer smiles my way. It's on me if you decide to wait. Would be my pleasure. And you'd improve the scenery here substantially. I click my jaw shut and take a few seconds to compose a response. No thanks. I appreciate the offer, though. I give him a polite nod and stroll off. He mumbles something to the bartender that sounds like, Can't win them all. I grin the whole way back. One of the cushy benches in the waiting area is my landing spot by a wall littered from floor to ceiling with photos and trinkets. A server is complaining just above a whisper to the hostess. A chicken piccata order was screwed up by one of the cooks. Cook's name is Jose. Apparently, his fuck-up is going to fuck with her tip. I scan the photos to my left, zoning in and out of the conversation. That's when I realize that I'm staring at Bon Pranzo's wall of fame. There are local celebrities with what appears to be the owners and random staff in each picture. I stand and get up close to inspect. I recognize a couple college sports players who've made Kansans proud. The meteorologist on Fox 43 that wears the killer heels and runs marathons. Former politicians, heavy on the conservatives from what I can see. There's even little captions scrawled on sticky notes to identify everyone in the photos. That's when I see her name atop a lime green square of paper. Stacy Adler. She's with a band from Topeka called Storm Chasers. I remember watching the quartet almost make it to the final round on a national talent competition show last year. Stacy is blonde and looks positively bubbly, even in a freeze frame. Cornflower blue eyes sparkle in the photo along with a smile that every dentist would want in their ad campaign. Her right arm is raised in a toast. I lean in, squint my eyes, and tilt my head so my bifocals can do the heavy lifting. There's a tattoo on the inside of her forearm. It's circular, but not with all the flames and demon warding like Dean's. Hers is a yin and yang tattoo. I frown, thinking of the missing woman, wondering if she met her demise at the hands of Laura Sullivan. She's young. Was young. So very young. My heart breaks for her family and the loss. The lack of closure. I collapse back onto the bench and wait. The dinner crowd is starting to pick up. Swarms of people collect in the front, then follow the hostess to a table, or head to the bar. I should be paying attention, trying to notice anything amiss, but my stare lands back on that photo of Stacy. I wish I could make things right for the families that have suffered at the hands of this monster. But even if, no, when, the Winchester brothers find every last vampire in this nest and efficiently remove their heads from their bodies, there can be no newscast reporting the details. No knock on the door from a police officer or detective to tell them the truth. It will all be done in secret, quiet, behind the scenes, so that others can be saved from a similar fate. Pizza box is practically shoved in my face, awakening me from my morose thoughts. Here you go. Server who was complaining about how she's going to get stiffed is the one delivering. She looks like she wants to be anywhere else right about now. She reminds me a little of pebbles on the Flintstones. Maybe it's the bone-shaped nose ring, or the flaming red hair and a high ponytail. I'm sure she would not be amused if I mentioned this. On my way out the door, which has been politely held open for me by a man entering the restaurant, I notice Dean dropping some cash atop the bar. 
Twenty minutes prior, he gave me orders as I was deposited in front of this very door. I was to wait out front. I step into a halo of a street lamp. Most of the businesses have closed for the day. Scale Warriors, farther down and across the lanes of traffic, still has its lights on. I wait for Dean, expecting him to come out any second. I'm looking forward to watching his strut toward the car, which I spot parked farther down the street. I know that eye candy will cheer me up. I recall Dean's explanation as to our exit procedure. He didn't want us walking out of the restaurant into the vehicle together, just in case we ran into someone. Samantha? I turn on instinct at my name. It's Bonnie, Samantha Winchester's weight loss coach. Of course. God damn it. How are you doing? She asks. She's in another workout outfit, but no ponytail tonight. I notice the slight frown as she eyes the pizza box. I can read her mind. Fallen off the weight loss bandwagon already. Hi, good. You? Casual. Keep it casual and vague. Fantastic, she smiles. But I don't think she is. In the lamplight, the bags under her eyes look dark and puffy. Coming to the meeting next week, I hope. I nod. Absolutely. She nods and opens her mouth to speak, but something to her left makes her stop. Someone, it turns out. Agent Sambora. God damn it. Dean's throat clears like he's trying to dislodge a pound of gravel. Yes? Are you heading to the center? We just closed up ten minutes ago. Bonnie fiddles with her hair. Um, no. Why? Was someone trying to get a hold of me? I watch his eyes pay her the utmost attention. He's got blinders on where I'm concerned. I'm not even there for the time being. It's all too much coincidence for his taste, I can tell. The three of us, together again, conversing like last night. Well, I figured... Her voice falters. Laura Sullivan didn't come into work today. Ryan went by her place. Someone had broken in. Her car's gone. The police came by. She shrugs, looking like someone popped her balloon. I thought since the FBI came by investigating... Ah, the local yokels are falling down on the job again. Lucky for me, I ran into you, Bonnie. I appreciate the information. I'll head down to the station right now. He nods. Thank you. He wastes no time and sprints away. I stand there holding the pizza box between Bonnie and me. She looks like she needs a hug. I'm sorry. Are you all right? Bonnie manages a smile and palms her elbows with crossed arms. I just hope she's okay. I purse my lips. I think of Dean covered in Laura Sullivan's blood. I hope so too. She reverts to all that positive facade that makes her a great coach. I'll see you next week. There's a point at my nose that says she means business. I nod, hoping I never cross paths with Bonnie again. Chapter 18 The pizza is cold by the time we get back to the bunker. It's almost two slices short, thanks to Dean. The extra cheese did wonders to mask the healthy vegetables. Turns out, 
years of mom experience getting Ricky to eat his broccoli with some cheddar sauce on top has proved helpful with my... Well, shit. There goes my mind again, trying to label Dean and whatever this is. Nope. No. Resist this urge to catalog everything. Not everything needs to be referenced later, easily pulled up in seconds at one's fingertips. Especially feelings. Feelings are anything but easy. Feelings get things messy, sticky. Speaking of sticky, Dean's hands snatch me back like I'm attached to him by a bungee cord. He clings to me. Before we enter the hunter headquarters and are forced to behave, at least in front of Sammy for a short time, he latches his mouth onto mine, presses his chest into my back. Our conversation in the car about the vamp case has exhausted us both. Our lips may be too tired to talk, but not too tired to kiss. Upon Sam's greeting inside, I offer to slide the pizza in the oven. Sam crooks his mouth in agreement, then peeks under the box's lid in my hands. He shoots Dean a frown. Why am I not surprised? Dean shrugs at the question and rids himself of the suit jacket, draping it on the back of a library chair. Sam leads us toward the kitchen. The boys have a lot to discuss. Sam carries his laptop in the bend of one arm, swiping the touchpad in excitement. The man really does love research. He would have made a great reference librarian. I made some headway on the phone, Sam beams, tossing back strands of hair with a quick flip of his head. How about you two? Oh, lots on Stacy Adler. Andy Miller was Little Miss Chatty Cathy. Badge opened the floodgates. As Dean talks more about the bartender, I get to work upon entering the kitchen. My search for a cookie sheet is done in seconds. The pizza slices fit like puzzle pieces in their new arrangement. I think he was hoping that his big tips would lead to a big tip, I surmise. Dean loosens his tie and undoes the top shirt button. A cocked hip leans against the counter. Well, you should know I'm all about reciprocation, winner. My cheeks warm at his teasing and the lust-filled gaze that accompanies it. I feel like he might crawl over the counter and have me for dessert. Sam's laptop thuds on the surface near the pizza box, startling us both out of our preoccupation. He stands along the edge of the counter, breaking the spell and surveying the scene. So what did you find out? I turn on the oven. Dean clears his throat and tries to get back on task. Stacy was trouble and troubled. Gave her dad a tough time growing up. Mom passed away when she was 11. I add the detail, one of many Dean had mentioned to me on the ride back. A year after that, Dad up and marries a woman named Charlene Walder. All the usual family issues, more trouble, wicked stepmother antics. At least, that's what Andy was told by Stacy. They worked at the restaurant together for a couple years. Dean pops some cheese he's peeled out of the pizza box into his mouth. He does not wait to finish chewing before he continues. Dad dropped dead a few months before Stacy went missing. Last Andy heard, Charlene had cheated Stacy out of her share of the inheritance. Hmm. Sam ponders. So this particular missing person's case could be just that? Human crimes and misdemeanors? Dean waggles a finger. Ah, if only. His tongue slaps the roof of his mouth. I'm thirsty. 
He heads to the fridge and pulls out three beers. Glad you got the body out of there. The caps pop off one by one, and he passes us each a bottle. Yeah, Cliff was very helpful while he was here. Sam sips his beer and stares at Dean. I had to go check on Winner. I slide the tray into the oven and click the door closed. Laura Sullivan came into the restaurant all the time, very friendly with Stacy. I finish Dean's original thought and try to squash the sibling argument being done solely for sake of arguing. It works. Very friendly. Dean waggles his eyebrows now. Well, you said Andy didn't confirm they were together when you pushed. I counter Dean's suggestion. Dean nods. But it was highly suspected. Sam moves to the table. Laura Sullivan showed up in Stockton about five years ago, and from the looks of it, and searches within a 30-mile radius of her house and work, no missing people on the regular or dead bodies with unidentifiable causes of death. So, primary means of food could have been animals or the blood bank. Dean angles his frame to face Sam. Then, Stacy goes missing, and the murders start. The large gulp Dean takes from his beer, tipping his head back and displaying his neck, Bob's is Adam's apple. I bite the inside of my cheek at the sight and wonder why Laura didn't suck him dry right on the spot. If he looks tasty to me and I can barely contain my urges, I can only imagine how a vamp would be affected. Maybe Laura glamoured Stacy was feeding off her from time to time. Sam offers. Or maybe Stacy was into fang banging and things went sideways. Laura got a little too excited one night and then had to get rid of the evidence. Dean takes a swing at the speculation. He points to Sam. Also, a new problem. Laura's already on everyone's radar is missing. Did you two ransack her place? Leave it looking like a break-in? Sam tilts his head with an expression of incredulity. Are you really asking me that? Dean shrugs. It must have been enough of a mess to get the police to start sniffing around. Everything was left like we found it. Locked up after. Cliff even had gloves for us to wear. We need to restock those, by the way. Sam typed something, probably adding to his to-do list. Dean looks over at me. I piece together his quiet conclusion. Then someone was there after you. When Dean, I mean Agent Sambora, called the station on the drive home, he was told that there had been a forced entry Everything turned upside down. It looked like a struggle had taken place. The other vamp? Sam asked no one in particular. Why bring attention to it, though? Dean answers with another question. Emotional reaction? I continue the query. That has them both look at me. The intense stare-down from two Winchesters has me catch my breath to regain my train of thought. Like a crime of passion... There's usually not a lot of forethought or planning, and it gets messy. The smell of sauce and melting cheese signals the pizza is ready. I busy myself with that task and sneak away from their pensive reactions. Maybe. Dean speaks up first. Laura's body? Burned. Cliff helped with that, too. Saved all the personal belongings in a file box and cataloged them. Took pictures, uploaded them to the cloud. Same with the data I could pull off the phone. The hairs on the back of my neck stand at attention. 
Can I take a look? I walk around the counter to the table and place two pieces of pizza on a plate in front of Sam. He nods and thanks. There's a tablet in the library that has access. You don't want to use Dean's. Yeah, don't use mine. Dean clears his throat. I don't even want to know what that man has on his personal laptop. I nod. Okay, I'll get to studying. I grab my beer off the counter and then remember what we forgot. Oh, my bag and the leftovers. Dean smiles. I'll get them out of the car in a bit. My silent nod in response leaves them for some privacy and catch-up. I'm around the corner when I hear Sam ask, Leftovers? Chicken and dumplings. So good. Dean's guttural inflection causes me to chuckle. Sullivan's car is in the bunker, right? Didn't spot it outside. Cops are no doubt looking for that, too. My brain tries to acclimate to the ricochet way he can jump from food critic to murder cover-up details in a second. Yeah, all taken care of, Dean. Sam sounds like he just took the garbage out. Thanks. You're welcome. I'll get Baby into the garage and give the vamp mobile a once-over while I'm there. Cliff gave it a thrice-over, but you can give it a go. Man, I need to find out what Cliff's favorite whiskey is and buy him a bottle. The conversation becomes intelligible the farther from them and the closer I get to the library. The words, especially the ones that carry on Dean's deep voice, occasionally echo in the hall. That voice is giving me lots of naughty thoughts. I wonder if I can make it to the garage on my own after I find the tablet. You know, to help Dean with that once-over. I get turned around more times than I care to admit, but I eventually located the garage again. Huh. Garage? It's more like an antique car museum. The fleet of vehicles left behind by the men of letters is a time capsule of the 40s and 50s. Every car is grand and magnificent in very distinct ways. They sparkle from tender loving care. I wonder how often Dean comes down here, and if he's taken each of them for a spin once or twice. I march by them, a drill sergeant assessing cadets. The Ford Thunderbird is easily recognized and my favorite at first sight. It's minty fresh in color, a convertible. My body tingles at the image of Dean behind the wheel, steering along an open road with one hand, squeezing my thigh with the other. There's another car with an Alfa Romeo emblem, but I have no idea what model it is. It's red, all round curves with no sharp edges ready to rocket into space or float and hover above asphalt. A silver Porsche 356 glimmers like a half dollar. Man, these boys are sitting on an automobile gold mine. Yet another convertible, this one a white Chevy Corvette with white wall tires, is a spry little ant to baby. Then there's the modern hatchback that once belonged to Laura Sullivan. It's shoehorned in between all these pieces of art, sticking out like a metallic green sore thumb. A rumble fills the air and vibrates through my body. I drop the tablet, the one with the Sullivan evidence I haven't even glanced at since grabbing it from the library, onto a nearby work table. Another sound steers my head to the left to watch a door tip up to the ceiling. It's a big-ass door, moving with the aid of some sort of hydraulic system. Then, Baby is revealed, easing into the garage from a mysterious dark depth. The crags and crevices of the cave glint and gleam like wet coal. D 
Dean is at the wheel, smiles when he catches sight of me. Baby's engine turns off in the middle of the garage floor. If there was a spotlight, Baby would be under it. She'd get the best lighting. She's the star. That creak from the driver's side door is the one anomaly to the kind of care she's shown. Winner, Dean croons out my name. What you doing here all by yourself? The door slams. He canvasses the garage, I think for a sign of Sam. Seeing him in that white, all-business dress shirt with the undone top button and the skewed tie is doing things to me. Waiting for you, I shrug. He arches a brow on my approach. You're getting good at finding your way around this place. He settles and leans his ass on the front of baby's hood, hands in the pockets of his slacks, legs crossed at the ankles. He flashes a smile. Genuine. Maybe even a little proud. You fit right in here. I want to touch him. No, I need to touch him. What's new? He looks worn out, tired, beaten down from the past 48 hours. I'm partly to blame. I don't need to reach up to drape my hands with care around Snack. His semi-seated frame has him at my eye level. I hang against his side. I stare at him for a while. Even bruised and bandaged, he's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. There's confusion on his face. His warm hands skim the fabric over my waist. What is it? I think I'd like to be a woman of letters. At least, from time to time. You know, maybe start out as an intern. Research. Recon. That makes his whole face smile. Even his ears lift up and wiggle. Ah, man, this place needs a sexy intern. He pecks my lips, soft and quick. I know this week has been crazy for you. It's not like this all the time. Sometimes it's much, much worse. I shoot him a playful frown. Really trying to sell this, aren't you? You don't have to do anything but show up, Winner. Stay a while. He gives me another kiss. Keep me company. Remind me why I do what I do with that sweet smile. His fingers sweep hair back past my shoulders and tickle skin in the process. I sigh at the pull, the warmth of his body, the press of his lips into mine. I could do that, I whisper through kisses. What would be some of my duties as an intern? I lean back to stare. A sexy intern. And damn if his green eyes don't wake up. Honest to God, light up at the innuendo and dirty snapshots that I imagine are being set off like fireworks in his brain. You are way too experienced to intern for anything I'd need from you. Hmm. Wouldn't have to interview then? He does a little lick that makes his bottom lip shine. Well, I didn't say that. I found the loop of his belt and tug it free. His eyes blaze with intent and curiosity at my mouth. There's a clink of the buckle and unzipping. I gulp at the heat in his pants and the hard cock my fingers graze over. He groans out. Find something you like? Found something I love. I brush my lips over his. We breathe deep, inhaling and exhaling each other while I stroke, reacquaint, work the cumbersome layers down. They plummet with a swish around his black dress shoes and matching socks. His words stutter out. Winner, what, what, what if Sam... 
My fingers have gotten into a steady rhythm, pumping the length of him slow, laborious. He's dripping with excitement. The lubrication gives the hot skin subjected to my ministrations a velvety texture around the thick, firm muscle. He rumbles like baby's engine. Goddamn. Feels good. You feel so good, Dean. I straighten to take in the sight as I work. He leans back a little on the hood, his arms locked on either side, gripping the edges of baby with clenched fists. That white shirt threatens to bust open at the way his chest expands with rugged heaves. His biceps tighten and flex, shoulders inch up. The flesh of his neck reddens as his arousal builds. His gaze burns every part of me it travels over. My hand on his cock, my mouth, my eyes. Then there's all that acreage of bare bow legs. He manages to fumble one out of the pant puddle in a shake that would be comical at any other time. He plants his feet, grounds them in place. I've got him breathing hard through his nose now. I know what I want. I drop to my knees in front of him to get it. He dips his bare ass down onto the base of the grill, gets himself within easy reach. His shirt catches on the chrome and bunches up to reveal more tummy and skin. One hand threads through my hair. His legs cage me as his eyes inventory me from high above. He swipes a thumb over my bottom lip. I love this mouth. There's no smile. Love every inch of you, baby, he whispers. A soft moan leaves my throat at his admission. I wrap my lips around his throbbing cock. I'm hot and slick with want and how much I've enjoyed toying with him. Dean's all tart and tangy in my mouth. I lick the tip. I love how you taste. He snatches in air between his teeth at the sucks and tugs. Even as I pick up my pace, the way he cradles my head is gentle. His voice drips with affirmation and adorations. Yeah, like that. So good. Can you take a little more? I bet you can. Hmm. So very pretty. Let me help. Yeah. I'm getting close, Winner. Are you gonna... Sure? Okay. Get ready, baby. I'm coming. Fuck. I swallow him, ride the wave up, then down with him, ache and twitch at his shivers of release, bask in how very beautiful he looks when he comes. He latches and lifts me up by my armpits and kisses himself off my lips and tongue. He's gloriously spent. I lean my forehead into his. So, do I get the job? He chuckles. You had the job before that. I swatted his shirt. Thanks for taking care of me. Anytime. What about you? I shrug, loving how much he can't wait to reciprocate. Maybe after I take a look at the Sullivan stuff since I've got the job. He nods, then starts to dress. You start on that. Keep me company while I check our car. Once we wrap up in here, a mischievous smile appears. Can you finish this research in bed with me? Absolutely. I'm giddy with anticipation. Good. He ambles to baby's back seat and grabs my bag and the leftovers. Let's get to work, winner.